What's up? This is Dominique Bomonte, and you are listening to Season with Salt, the podcast. What up? It's Dominique, and this is Season with Salt, the podcast. I really, 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 really love my introduction. I thought maybe I would get tired of it, and um, I've already said this before, but shout out to my brother, Spaceman, who took me uh, to the studio to record it, and um, me and him, he did some singing. I didn't do like the main singing, but I did, like if you listen very closely, you can hear me. So anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna go around telling people I'm a recording artist just because of that. <laughs> Shout out to my brother. Uh, oh my gosh, so, <clears throat> excuse me, that was loud. I, a couple of weeks ago, so let me just tell you how this all started. I'm gonna talk about professional risk taking, professional risk taking and then i'm also going to talk about risk taking as a personal value um a couple of weeks ago uh one of my friends invited me to go along with his family to a elementary school an elementary school open house and the purpose of the open house was to sort of highlight the things that the school was doing to teach the children and to be somewhat of a welcome to kids that would be coming, actually it was a middle school, so kids that would be coming from elementary school, sort of like an introduction, like, hey, this is what we do, end of the year for some folks, uh, the kind of the future for other kids. So they have this big open house where you could kind of walk through the classrooms, meet the teachers, meet the principal and administration, ask questions, there were counselors there, it was great. Um, as I'm walking through this campus and asking questions and like being the annoying person that I am to some of these people, I noticed that across some of the buildings, it was like one of those elementary school campuses where like most of the classrooms were uh, were exterior and their entrance was not connected to the building. So I noticed that a lot of the buildings had very large signs that talked about some of the values that students at this particular middle school had. And one of them was risk-taking. And it, the signs would say stuff like, uh, the, uh, the signs would say stuff like, here at this school, we practice risk-taking or we take risk. And I thought that that was very interesting. So the next day, I think it could have been the next day, it could have been the next week, um, My uh, the leadership team in my office had a meeting and we were talking about skills that have either been beneficial to us in our careers or that have that that could be helpful to folks who are navigating careers at whatever stage that they're at. And so that those signs and that open house at that school came to mind. So I started talking about like, oh my gosh, like we should explore 
risk-taking as a professional value, as a way of experiencing our work. And I want to talk about that on the podcast because I think that sometimes as professionals, like we buy into this idea that we should do the minimum uh, and we should do, you hear people saying, oh, I just go to work to do my job. I'm going to go to the work and I'm going to do exactly what I have been asked to do, no more and no less. And even though that sounds like the right thing to do, and depending on your field, it might be ideal, what it often results in is a lack of enthusiasm for the work that you do, a lack of personal professional growth. You become a person participating in monotonous, uh, you know, cyclical work that doesn't really produce any passion for you. You're not excited. You can know how to do something so well that you do it without thinking about it. And then before you know it, it becomes the thing that's most comfortable to you. And so you're unwilling to challenge yourself by looking for other positions. You're unwilling to challenge yourself by trying to um, learn a new skill or learn a new system. And the reality is, especially as the world becomes more digital and more uh, technology-friendly, a lot of folks, because they're afraid to think outside the box, move outside the box, try and learn new things, they're really getting pushed to the side. And I don't think that this is just about careers. I think I see this happening in the church a lot where folks, they want to do it the same way that they have always done it. And if you challenge them and say, hey, there's a new way, they immediately come up with about 99 excuses for why they cannot do it a different way. I've done it this way for 50 years. This is who I am. I can't change. And those people, whether it be in the secular world or the spiritual world, those are the people that are the worst to have on your team because you will never advance or grow if you are handicapped by people who are afraid to try something new. The reality is trying something new does not always mean that you are going to see um, amazing outcomes. Sometimes trying something new means you tried it, it didn't work, but at least you learned something about yourself, right? And so thinking about this idea of risk-taking, and I'm just shooting the breeze, y'all. I don't have no script or nothing like that, but you know, you would know that if you listen to this podcast because I just talk about whatever I want to because it's my podcast. So I'm thinking about professional risk-taking. What does this, what does professional risk-taking mean? What does it mean to uh, take in your bosom risk-taking as a skill set, as a ideology that you bring to your work to be successful. Now, I don't think that people should um, become or do things that jeopardize their ability to be um, 
risk taking comes at every every stage of life and career and ministry you'll be presented with a different level of risk taking right um it's one thing to take a risk with your work but you have to have a certain amount of privilege a certain amount of positioning rather um to be able to make or to take risks that impact other people. So I'm not really talking about organizational risk-taking. I'm talking about the risk-taking that doesn't require affirmation or confirmation from other people. Risk-taking that manifests as asking a question, uh, even though you're supposed to know the answer, but you don't. Or it could be, acting like you know the answer, but being committed enough to spend the extra time learning or teaching yourself. When I first started uh, doing communications work, uh, initially, like just way back in the day, um, I would see positions that would say, in order to be successful at this job, you have to know how to use the Adobe Creative Suite. Well, I had established my ability to do graphic design on a Microsoft Publisher. So I had a lot of confidence in my ability to produce, so much confidence that I would apply for jobs that required me to know the Adobe Professional or Creative Suite even though I didn't know it. And I would think to myself, I have enough skill set to get by using the tools that I have, but if I'm going to learn how to be a graphic designer using Adobe Creative Suite, I'm going to have to teach myself, and I'm going to have to be open to learning quickly and being a lifelong learner, right? That's an example of a risk. It is deciding professionally that you're willing to learn something new or try something different for the purpose of advancement. And it doesn't have to have anything to do with other people. It just means that sometimes professional risk-taking means that you don't need to be led by a team or group or supervisor to generate ideas and to um, dream about things that are possible in your own context, right? Me, personally, I have experienced so much success because the way that my work ethic is set up, I might get an idea on Saturday night. Now, Early in my career, I would execute that idea on Saturday night. I'd be emailing people at work and, you know, just like I came up with this new idea. And then I would wait anxiously for folks to respond uh, in their own timing. Well, that got old really quickly. So I learned how to generate, cultivate, and execute ideas that I had that were creative and to build them to the point where... I had done so much of the legwork that I had gotten so far that it was impossible for me to even doubt my own ability 
to execute. So by the time that I presented it to the supervisor, by the time I presented it to the manager or to the pastor or to someone else, I had already invested so much time and effort into it that there was essentially no turning back to the point where the people who I was reporting to or quote unquote asking for permission, they had to give me opportunity to prove myself because they could see the passion and the enthusiasm and the groundwork that I had already done. That is professional risk-taking. That is risk-taking as a value. When you um, cultivate an idea, you know, one of the things that gets on my nerves, whether it be professional or or church-wise, it gets on my nerves when people present an idea for execution and they haven't done any of the legwork or thought it through and they are um they are intimidated by people asking questions listen if i present an idea to you i have already thought through what you might say in response that's a part of professional risk taking right risk taking doesn't have to be I just am always thinking on the cuff. However, let me throw this in there. There have been times when I came up with an idea and I was confident enough in my ability and my work ethic to execute it after I proclaimed that it was something that I was interested in. And the reality is the way that I work, I'm a creative. I work very quickly. I, if, I, if, I, if you say, if you want to do it, go ahead, you can believe that you're going to have an outline or something in your email. In general, I'm usually working faster than the person who is responsible for approving me. A a couple of years ago, um, and I'm really proud of this, and I'm not saying this to be, to boast or to, um, you know, to, to, to dog, to be negative about other people's ambition. I was on a meeting, this is a church example. Uh, I was on a meeting and um, where uh, in my organization, my religious organization, my reformation uh, is led by a person um, who is uh, referred to as the bishop. And the, the bishop called a meeting with the pastors and elders uh, for which I identify as an elder. And he created, um, he said something that was all that I needed. It was all the permission that I needed. He said, we really want to make you know such and such event successful. If anybody has any ideas, email me. Now, for me, that kind of invitation is all I need. So I cultivated it. I mean, I wrote out the idea that I had. I uh, drew pictures of how I've seen it manifesting. I wrote scripts. I created a one-pager to communicate what I wanted to do, and I sent it to the bishop. I said, Bishop, I think this would be a really great idea. What do you think about it? The bishop hit me back and was like, move forward. Like there was no meeting or no, no, it, it, that, it was the faith that the bishop had in me. Well, I was assuming be fair because maybe he didn't know my work ethic, but it was the fact that he had seen the legwork that I had done. He was willing to take a risk. So we're all taking risks. I'm taking the risk of saying, I believe that there's something that we can do to, um, that is in alignment with your vision for this organization. I believe that I can bring something to the table that would enhance what you're trying to do. That he took a risk by saying, I'm going to let you do that. I'm going to trust you. 
it, everything worked out beautiful. There were other people who believed in the vision and it worked. There were no um, roadblocks, like everything that we needed in order to be successful in that project worked. Uh, all of it had to do with people willing to go outside of their context, take mm -hmm. risk, think outside of the box to make something happen. So here's the downside of professional risk taking as I have communicated it. Sometimes you'll move faster than systems, right? Sometimes it'll be hard for people to keep up. Sometimes people will ask you a whole litany of questions because they are using in their mind, they're taking their work ethic and they're applying it to your idea, right? So if I say that I can, and in fact, I'll, I'll share this because this, um, the, my, uh, I had a work experience. I'm going to give it this, I'll, I'll, I'll make it generic where, um, my supervisor had conceptualized an idea, uh, for taking some students on a trip. And I won't even say conceptualized she or he or she communicated that it was something that the organization should look forward to doing. Well, we had a fundraising opportunity and we needed, so I asked him or her, I said, hey, what can be some of the objectives of our fundraising? Like, what can we invite people uh, to participate or contribute to? And he or she said, such and such trip. So I'm like, okay, cool. I just did what I did. First of all, I had already thought about it. Initially, I was like, "Ooh, this is not enough time," but uh, I, 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 I thought it through. Um, I labored on it in my thoughts. I started drawing pictures. I took notes. I made middle notes. When something would come with me, I made something would come to me. I made, you know, a note in my phone. And then when it was time to execute, I executed. In the process, my supervisor who was so busy at the time, could not kind of manage me through the process, could not, it was completely based on my creativity. So I just did it. Like I would send it for approval. If I heard something, I hear something. If I didn't, I would assume that as long as I didn't hear something, that meant continue going forth because I had already been encouraged to, to the project. A couple of weeks later, we're in a meeting and somebody says, I just want to applaud whosoever idea this is. I'm sitting back like, yes, thank you, supervisor. Wonderful idea that the person presented to us as a means to execute. My supervisor was like, oh, this is all Dominique, <laughs> right? And it was shocking to me because for me, it was just the product of professional risk taking, like trying something new, like doing something without a lot of foundation and work, like believing that something is possible without a whole bunch of guidance and affirmation, risk taking, right? Just hoping that on the other end of my passion, on the other end of my work ethic, people would respond positively to what we were doing. People did, and it resulted in getting a compliment that I did not anticipate or expect. Professional risk taking is trying. It is not being the type of person that is like, I can only think about this between eight and five or my work hours. It is, and it's not 
oversaturating yourself with worry and concern and using time that you should be spending with your family to be, you know, dreaming up some kind of work or project. But it, when you go to an interview, and I'll give you this example, and I learned this because I've gone through, I, I went through a season where I didn't work at all. And I interviewed like regularly on the daily I was interviewing for jobs. This is back like in 2018. And they would ask questions like, what experience do you have doing A, B, and C? And I had professional opportunities in my career where I was doing all kinds of things, but never put a name to it. Um, and what I realized was that there were times when I'd be asked about my experience doing specific things, and I wouldn't really know um, how to characterize like projects and, and things that I did uh, professionally, because I always thought whatever I, however I answer this question in the interview, my resume has to back it up. And my resume can't have every project that I have. It's two to three pages, right? Well, I realized in that series of interviewing that a lot of the experiences that I did not have, right, that a lot of the experiences that would have made me uh, better of a candidate or more uh, competitive as a candidate were experiences that I could have created through taking risks, raising my hand, volunteering to do stuff that was foreign to me, being willing to be mentored or to sit under somebody or to watch or observe someone, going to that lunch meeting, uh, you, rather than talking on the phone to friends at church, going to that workshop, going to that professional conference, I really realized that I had been a detriment to my own career advancement because I was doing just enough, right? I could only commit, I could only um, feel affirmation for what specifically the job description said that I did. Well, that changed the way that I thought about my career. I started realizing that when I want to have a certain skill set in my toolbox, it requires me to raise my hand and say, this is something that I want to do. This is an idea that I have. This is a risk that I'm willing to take. And to see it through, even if it's not in alignment with specifically what I do. So I'm a communications director. I'm a preacher. I'm a youth pastor. I'm a graphic designer. There are some projects that I have taken on, like in, 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 in realms uh, as a youth pastor, that have a lot to do with me wanting to advance my skill set um, as a communications director. And seeing that intentional congruence has helped me a lot in career. So what is the, what's the conclusion of the whole matter? What, is, what am I trying to encourage you to consider? That risk-taking is a value. And it's really just getting out of your comfort zone to decide that you want to advance and that you want to do more than what is required of you because you want to be more than what the paper says that you are. And one of the things that I know to be true is where I am operating as a communications director, nobody says, oh, he, he only does communications. He can't do event management. <laughs> nobody says that. Where I'm operating as a youth pastor, nobody says, oh, he's just a youth pastor. He doesn't know how to do the administrative stuff, 
right? Like, because in all of these areas, I'm taking risks, I'm raising my hand, I'm having conversations, I'm going to meetings, I'm going to conferences, I'm availing myself to do beyond what is required to me as a risk, right? There are some risks that will be detrimental to you, right? I have had phases of career where I've been on so many committees trying to learn new things that I wasn't able to do my real job, right? That happens where you're spread so thin because you're trying to be, you know, everything to everybody. And it turns out to be something that doesn't, you know, support your development. So not every situation is positive, right? There are there's some risk-taking that doesn't uh, feed into your long-term trajectory. But my belief is that risk-taking births things that non-risk-taking doesn't. For one, it births confidence, right, in yourself, it births opportunities to be affirmed for trying, for being tenacious. It births opportunities to learn things that you would not have learned otherwise. It births things that you would not normally be affirmed or encouraged as a result of had you not tried. So my question, my challenge, my challenge is what are areas that you can be a professional risk taker? How can you make risk taking a value, whether it be in your ministry, whether it be in your career, whether it be in your parenting, whether it be in your relationship? How can you make risk taking a value? Not risk taking that gets you in more trouble than you were in before, but the positive risk taking that at the very least, trying is even rewarding. Hopefully this um, episode has been helpful to you. And if so, would you do me a favor and share it with somebody? Dominique had a podcast episode about professional risk-taking and the risk-taking as a value. And I really think you should listen to it. Y'all be blessed. And remember, let your words be seasoned with salt. Mm-hmm.